Welcome to this week's podcast from Capital Church's Young Adult Service. We hope this message encourages you, and thank you for joining us. You know, last week we started a series talking about hearing the voice of God, um, and uh, we're going to build upon it this week. How does that sound? You want to do, so like literally my, the top of my note says, learning to hear God's voice part two. <laughs> That's your title. I was like, as I was typing my notes, I was like, should I give him a, like a, you know, fun, new, like hip, cool, is hip even a cool word? I don't even think hip is cool. Um, but like, I was going to try to come up with something and I was like, let's be honest, it's just learning God's voice part two. Um, and maybe there's going to be part three, part four. There could be 22 parts. I don't know. Um, but we're going to talk about hearing God's voice because I really do believe um, and I was thinking about this at, when I was your age, when I was in, in the season of life that many of you are in, that was probably the number one question I continually had was, is this God? God, is this what I'm hearing or what I'm feeling or what I'm sensing? Is this you? Or is this opportunity? God, is this, is this relationship your will? One of the things I prayed all the time um, and I would encourage you to pray this. I always prayed this, and my parents prayed it over um, my brother, sister, and I all of our lives. Um, well, my mom always prayed that we'd be bad sinners. I don't know if that really turned out that well, but, you know, hopefully we weren't like the best sinners, too. Um, but the other thing my parents always prayed over us is that we'd be bound to the perfect will of God. Yeah. Meaning what? Meaning that even if I tried to go do things outside of God's will, I just wouldn't be very successful. And that um, even when I attempted, and I'll tell you, that is probably um, very accurate to the story of my life, is even when I tried to detour or tried to go in a different direction or tried to do things on my own strength or my own way. Come on, how much of my life is I want to do my thing, my way, my time, and then I want to like spiritualize it and like convince people it's God. I know I'm, I know I'm preaching to the right audience for that one. Oh, I know you. You get in a relationship and then you convince your pastor. But the Lord told me, I'm like, really? So funny because she's not the one and everybody knows it. And how come you act like the devil now? That doesn't seem like God, right? Come on. I mean, I'm, no, I'm not using a real example. These are all, this is hyperbole, you know? These are all, these are all very random, just thoughts floating. This has never happened in the history of me pastoring, you know? Um, but a lot of times I do think um, that is something as young people that we have to exercise and we have to learn is how to hear God's voice and how to be a part of his will. I, I want that more than anything in life. Can I tell you something? More than anything in life, you should desire to be a part of God's will for your life. Living outside of his will, you will never be satisfied. You won't. You, you can find joy here and there. You can find joy anywhere. Come on, you could go do anything and find some temporary like feeling of excitement and, and all the, that, that's not hard. If that was so hard, um, then no one would even desire God, right? Yeah. That's not hard to find. My gosh, I'm not trying to compete with that. What I'm saying is I know that that does not fulfill you. God created you with a design and desire to desire and, um, and, and want his perfect will for your life. So you and me need to learn how to get God's will, right? Be right smack dab in the middle. Doesn't that sound good? To be right where God wants you to be all the time. Who would like that? Me. So learning to hear God part two. This is, that's what we're gonna do. Because last week we talked about if you were here, if you weren't here, we talked about, first of all, you have to recognize that God does speak. Like he created the word or the world by what? Speaking it into existence. He created you by speech. If you can believe that God speaks, that's the foundation that we're gonna work from. That's, that, that's the starting point. You have to believe he speaks today as much as he has in any other time in history. So if you believe he speaks, then the next thing we have to talk about to build upon this foundation is then to say, okay, how then does he speak? Or how can I hear him? How does God speak to me? And we're gonna get real practical. Last week, uh, and who knows what the Holy Spirit wants to do through the service. I always yield to the Holy Spirit, whatever he wants to do. But, 
But I really do want to be practical tonight to give some of you some, this is really as much as I can be, be very teachy, if that's a word. Um, because, and I would encourage you take notes tonight. If you don't take notes, tonight's the night to take notes. Because I'm going to give you some very practical ways of how you can distinguish the voice of God in your life. John 10, we're going to read that portion of scripture. This is going to be, this is our text for the night. And we're going to start there. I'm going to deviate from a little bit for a minute and then come back to it. But I always like to do the reading of the word at the beginning because honestly, without scripture, it's a TED talk and I'm not into a TED talk, okay? I'm really into the word of God that's transformed. My opinions will not change you, but God's word will, okay? So, um, and no offense, I don't think I've ever watched a TED talk, so I don't know. I, I just, I don't think that, I think they're good, but God bless them. Okay, John 10. I don't know why I'm looking at this screen. It just sounds fun because I got one back there too, but maybe I'll just, you know, rotate and read them as I go. That sounds like a TED talk thing to do, right? <laughs> truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who opens, or but he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice, the shepherd, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all of his own, he goes before them and the sheep follow him for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will, they will flee from him for they do not know the voice of strangers. This figure of speech Jesus used with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So Jesus again said to them, I love this about Jesus. These first six verses are Jesus using basically a parable language and they don't get it. So he's like, okay, you don't understand. So I'm going to say it again in a different way. That's the way Jesus does it. Have you ever asked a question to God and he just answers it in a different way, but it's the same thing like all the time. Okay. Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find the pasture. The thief comes only to what? Steal, kill, and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd, the good shepherd. I could literally preach a message on just that phrase. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He was hired hand and not a shepherd who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees, and the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he's a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me, just as the father knows me and I know the father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. And I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. For this reason, the father loves me because I lay down my life that I may take it up again. Not, no one takes it from me, but I lay down of my life of my own accord. I have the authority to lay it down and I have the authority to take it up again. This charge I've received from my father. I'm the good shepherd. Come on, you are a sheep. And you have a shepherd. You have a good shepherd. And a shepherd will lead you and guide you and will direct you. If you ever have a need of direction, remind yourself of this, that you do in fact have a shepherd. Come on, would you pray? We need the presence of Jesus in this place. Lord, I just, I thank you right now for your presence. I thank you for your grace. I thank you for your mercy. I thank you for your goodness. God, and I just pray for the spirit of Jesus to come and to fill this place. Holy Spirit, I pray you would come and you would remove every distraction. And Lord, you would come and you would do what only you can do. I thank you that the presence of Jesus would fill this place. I pray that Holy Spirit, you would do what only you can do. And I thank you right now by the name of Jesus, that's more powerful than any other name under heaven and in all of earth. Lord, that you would have full reign in this place right now. And I speak to every other voice that would try and distract, discourage, derail the thief and the robber. Lord, and I, I command you right now in the power of Jesus Christ to be silenced in this place and in this room. And we give you full reign in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. John chapter 10. Later, if you go a little bit further in the text, Jesus again is referring to himself as 
the shepherd. He says, my sheep hear my voice in verse, I think it's 27. It's a little bit later down in the text of chapter 10. And I know them and they follow me. There's something about following something. All of you follow something or someone. All of you. All of you. None of you are lone rangers just doing your own thing. None of you. All of you are following something. Some of you are following many things. And most of you are following wrong things. Now, here's the thing about listening to God's voice or understanding how to hear God's voice is I believe this. I believe there's three voices you hear all the time. Three voices are always available for you to hear. The first one is the voice of God. I believe you all have access to the voice of God. Secondly, we all have access to our own fleshly desire, that voice that says, oh, go do that. You want to, because it sounds so good. Come on, let's do it. And you think, oh, is that God? No, it's not. And the third voice you all have the ability to hear and will, com will commonly come, and this is what I believe John is referring to a lot of when he talks about the thief, thief and the robber in chapter 10 is the voice of the devil. And some of you are like, but I've been saved my whole life. Yeah, me too, friend. And I promise you this week, I heard the devil's voice in the midnight hour when I was awake with my baby over and over again. It was not Jesus speaking. Trust me, it was the devil. I'm not joking. I mean, there were nights I was so tired because my sweet little baby's teething and he thinks the only way to survive is for his mom to hold him all night long. Not his dad. He loves his dad, but not at nighttime. He only wants his mom. And I, I'm, I'm gonna be real honest. There were dark nights this week that I was like, thoughts would come in and I was like, is that, what the heck? And because I know Jesus, I was like, that thought ain't from him. I mean, I'm gonna be real honest. I started having weird, like fearful thoughts about the future for my baby, all the, this stuff that I was like, what in the heck? Part of it is I haven't slept in seven months. <laughs> He's seven months old today and that kid has never slept through the night, you know? People are like, oh my gosh, my kid at three months was sleeping through the night. I'm like, oh my God, don't talk to me. Or when, you know, I, it's, there is, I saw this meme not too long ago, like when someone tells a mom, I, got, I only got six hours of sleep last night. I'm so exhausted. I literally want to shoot daggers at their eyes. I'm like, oh, six hours? That sounds horrible. I haven't slept more than an hour and a half at one time in probably four months, Okay. I get little increments and it should be a blessing, but it doesn't feel like a blessing in the morning, you know? Uh, but it, it's crazy because I knew in the nighttime, there he is, he's letting me know. He's letting you all know that he is in fact here and he's saying, amen, mom. But it, 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 it's crazy because it's, it's, it's difficult sometimes in those weak moments. I'm tired. I, I, I could easily start to go, okay, maybe that voice and that thought is, is, yeah, maybe I should just believe that. But in a weak moment even, in a sleepless night, I have to remind myself what that voice is. And I know that voice is not my shepherd. Because my shepherd leads me into, come on, Psalm 23, the shepherd leads you to green pastures. The shepherd leads you beside still unanxious un waters. The, the shepherd, according to Psalm 23, is the one who restores my soul. That voice that I was hearing at two, three, four, five o'clock in the morning, trust me, was not a shepherd. And many times the voice that you hear is not the shepherd's voice. And it's not that he's not speaking. It says you don't know it. See, the reason I could so quickly go, no, that, that's not Jesus, is because I know the shepherd's voice greater than I know the devil's voice. I know his voice better. Psalm, or, or John chapter 10 is telling us this. Like sheep, man, and, and, and John is using this context of scripture because the people of, of John's day would know exactly what it meant to have a sheepfold and for there to be shepherds. It was the most common work of the ancient time was to be a shepherd. Now it was the lowest job. They were the lowest of the socioeconomic status for sure. It was not like a prestigious job, but guess what? Isn't that funny that that's, the, that's how God refers to himself as, as a shepherd. Jesus comes as a shepherd. Isn't it funny that, the, that David who comes, Jesus comes in the line of King David. David becomes a king. He was first what? 
a shepherd boy. This was not like a prestigious, he's not like, he's, he's not Bill Gates, you know? He's not Elon Musk. He's the furthest thing from this of his day. And yet this is what Jesus uses to show us that he in fact is the one who leads us and guides us and protects us and has the plan for us and knows exactly where we should go and he knows how to lead us. And so John chapter 10 is using this illustration because the people that were listening would understand what John is saying. Many families together live together on the same like property and they would share a sheepfold and they would hire a gatekeeper or what the, what the Bible would refer to, or what we would refer to as an under-shepherd. They weren't the shepherd, they were an under-shepherd. They were the ones that stood by the gate and they would let the shepherd in. So if the shepherd was going in and out of the, of the sheep pen, um, then there was a person that would stand guard at the gate. So John is reminding the readers of this text and giving them this picture of what it's like to have someone like Jesus who knows his sheep and his sheep know him, standing at the gate. And he comes to the gate and the gatekeeper says, oh yeah, I recognize you. Now, what does a thief and a robber do? They're not gonna come to the gate, right? Because the gatekeeper is gonna go, yeah, I don't don't know you. And the sheep certainly don't know you're not getting in here. So what what do robbers and thieves do? They go, they jump over a fence. Or they go, they find a little sneaky entrance somewhere, like a broken part of a fence, and they sneak on in. That's how wolves attack. My mom comes from a farm. My mom was born and raised in Gooding, Idaho, on a farm. And I remember going to the farm when I was growing up, and my grandpa and I would, would, would mend fences. And I thought, this was the coolest thing in the world. I was like such a country girl. I would um, mend the fence. Are you proud, Danielle? Come on, Southern, Southern Idaho girls. And I would go, and I'd mend the fence with my grandpa, and he had cattle and it mattered because it was, if, if there was a broken part of the fence, that's where wolves would come in. And so there, there had to be protection all across and around a pasture to protect the sheep. Well, where is a wolf gonna come in? Man, he's gonna find a broken part of a fence. That's the way he's gonna get in. He's not getting in through a gatekeeper. So why do you think you get weird like thoughts and and ideas in places and times when you are maybe not in a good place. You know, you just binge watch Netflix for eight hours and then you start thinking like, you know what would be cool is if me and that girl hooked up. (laughs) Thief and a robber just getting right in there, champ. And then you're like, how did it get there? I don't know that you just spent an entire day watching sex on TV? Can I just be honest with you? And then you're like, well, that's so weird that I'm having that thought. It's like, is it really, buddy? Is it? See, we overcomplicate it. And then we blame the devil instead of recognizing the shepherd's voice and what the shepherd's trying to do and then start going, come on, that's stupid. I ain't listening to that voice no more. See, Jesus is a shepherd. The primary purpose of a shepherd is to what? Protect. So you know why God wants to speak to you? To protect you. The shepherd wants to keep you from getting with wolves. The shepherd's whole purpose is to keep you from going down the wrong path, for going and doing something stupid, from going down that direction that he knows is not good for you. The shepherd's full Duty and purpose is to keep you in the perfect will of God. So guess what you need to know? His voice. You should know the shepherd's voice. You want to know the shepherd's voice because it's his voice that will lead you and protect you and guide you and get you right to the place that he wants. And then John 10 tells us this. The thief comes to what? Kill, steal, and destroy. But what does God come to do? give you life and life more abundantly. So you know what the shepherd wants to do? And some of you are like, I don't know. Sometimes being a Christian is like, it's just like so boring. And I don't know if my life is going to be anything. You know what your life is going to be? Fulfilling. (laughs) You know what your life is going to feel like? Amazing. Why? Because that's what the shepherd's whole plan and purpose is for your life. The shepherd doesn't want to do anything bad for you. The shepherd wants to give you all 
all fruitfulness, fulfillment, contentment, joy, the desires of your heart. He wants to keep you safe. He wants to get you to the place that he's called you to. He wants you to marry the right person. He wants you to do the right things. He wants you to be in the right, perfect will of of God and that you would fulfill the promises of God that he has for you. That's his goal. So guess what the thief is gonna try to do all the time? He's gonna try to get those other voices louder than the shepherd's voice. So your voice is gonna be real loud. Your voice, that that voice you're gonna hear a lot that says, come on, just come on. Stop wasting your time doing this. You've already tried like reading your Bible, being in church, being in small group, being a part of community. And look, it's like, it hasn't worked out that great for you. So come on, let's just go do this. And you're like, yeah, actually, that's a good point. Like, I've been at it for like four months now. <laughs> well, come on, I'll, I'll, I've been at it for 14 years. Yeah. You know, and this person died, and hey, and, and then and I got sick, and, and then I lost my job, and I got, and you know, she broke up with me, or he broke up with me. Like, we, we'll start to rationalize it. And then before you know it, you're making a dumb decision, right? And then you come back and you're like, gosh, why did I do that? I'll tell you why. Because you listen to that voice more than you listen to the voice of the shepherd. And I promise you this, it's the shepherd's voice that will lead you into the purposes of God. So we need to know the voice of the shepherd. And the shepherd knows you better than anybody. A shepherd knows every like and dislike of a sheep. Think about it. He knows the characteristics. A shepherd would know each of his sheep. They name them. Isn't that crazy to think about? I can barely tell dogs and cats apart, you know? I was like, you know, and they could be different breeds, and I'd still be like, I don't know which one is which. Have you ever met twins or triplets? And you're like, could you mark them for me? Because I'm not going to be able to figure out. It's so funny to me. My brother has three sets, and when people still can't tell them apart, it, it makes me laugh because none of them look alike. Not, not one of them. And people are like, which one's that? I'm like, it's Presley. My gosh, she had a helmet for f- like two years. You'd, the other one didn't. You can't tell the diff. Then they're like, which one is that? I'm like, one's a girl and one's a boy. Wavy and Riley, you know? Like, it's just so funny to me. But, but that's kind of what it's like for us. I feel like we have got to recognize and understand and trust that God knows everything about us. He doesn't get you too mixed up. He doesn't get you mixed up. He doesn't go, was it Bridget or was it Kaylee? I can't remember which one's that. No, he he knows you. He knows everything about you. The shepherd knows you better than you know yourself. And even more so, the sheep know his voice. And they know his, and they know the voice of a stranger. They know the voice of a stranger. So if, 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 a, if, a, if a bad guy, a bad dude comes and he's going to try to take these sheep and, they, and he says, hey, sheepy, sheepy, you know, and he names them by name. He's like, come here, speck and spot. Let's go. <laughs> if he says this, guess what? They'll listen. They'll hear that voice and they might turn their head and then they'll just turn the other way. Wow. Sheep will not. Sheep will not go to someone they do not know. Sheep are dumb for a lot of reasons, but that is one that they will not do. They only go to the voice of a shepherd. They will only go to the one of the voice they know. And this is the same for us. You should be drawn to the shepherd's voice. You need to know his voice greater than any other voice that there is. But have you been hearing other voices? See, I think we have to learn to distinguish between these different voices. And I believe that you can. I, I, I truly do with all my heart. Why? Because I grew up learning to distinguish the voice. I didn't know it from birth. I didn't grow, you know, people are like, well, you grew up in church, you know. Are you kidding me? I still didn't know. I still had to go through situations and circumstances of life to be able to tell the difference between. And in some ways it was harder for me because I could justify everything to be the voice of God because I grew up in church. So I was like, it was God, it was God. My dad's like, I don't think that was, you know? So you have to learn, you mature to hear his voice. Hebrews 5 says this, it says, for everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness since he is a child, but solid food, solid food, is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice. I like that phrase. That that phrase is intense. 
constant practice to distinguish good from evil. My little Declan, my little seven-month-year-old, um, just started eating um, solid foods like a month ago, right? So we started giving him salts. Doesn't care for him. Gags every time. He's like, Bleh. you know? Like every new thing we give him, we're like, oh, I was like yesterday, I, I went to Whole Foods and I got him some new kinds and it was like sweet potato, um, like apple. It was like mostly like sweet things. I'm like, he's gonna love this one. And I was like, Garrison, don't you think? He's like, oh yeah, we're gonna try it. First bite, he's like, Bleh. you know? And I'm like, dude, come on. But what the pediatrician said, and this was fascinating, it takes 10 to 20 times of trying a food for a baby to actually start liking it. So my pediatrician's like, the, he, my pediatrician, my doctor, <laughs> my baby's pediatrician, uh, Declan's doctor said, um, basically, he's like, just keep trying. Right now, it's, it's more you're trying foods with them. It's less about them having the nutritional need for it. It's more about them learning to like different kinds of foods. So just keep trying. So, you know, we're trying all these varieties. We're like giving him squash. You know, he doesn't like it. Well, I got to try it 10, 20 more times before maybe he will. But this is, this, this is the reality. Come on, he's gonna like squash one day. Come on, give the Lord some praise. Spinach is gonna be his thing, you know? We're gonna get this kid healthy. But, but, the, but this is the thing that we have to remember is that we have to constantly practice to mature. One or two, two times of trying something is not gonna get you to excellence. Some of you are like, well, I've tried to hear God's voice like twice and it just did not work. You know what? You know what's funny is, is Declan would not grow and mature if for the rest of his life, all he did was have milk. Yeah. Developmentally, he, would not, he wouldn't develop properly. He couldn't. He needs to have solid food. He needs to start being able to try different foods and, 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 and discover that, oh, there, there's, you know, carrots are good for my eyesight, you know, isn't that what they always tell you? And then, you know, who knows what all the greens are good for, but they tell you they're good. And so we have to give, but he has to, at some point, have more than milk. I almost called you a sweetheart and then I stopped myself. Friends. You need to grow up and have more than milk. You need to mature. You need to be able to hear God's voice clearer and clearer. You should be able to a year from now hear it better than you did a year ago. Like in two months, you should be able to recognize God's voice in a greater way, in a greater way, in a greater way, a greater way, greater way, greater way. That is the, how the shepherd leads us. But the problem is I think so often we just choose, ah, I'm pretty good. Like, you know, I'm probably good. I, I feel pretty good where I am right now. I don't, I don't think I need anything. I don't, I don't need more solid food. I don't need to try that. I don't need to grow in that. But the reality is you keep finding yourself messed up and you're here tonight, whether you want to be or not, or you act like you want to be or not. And you're for some reason here tonight, my friend. And there's a reason because you know you need God's voice in your life. You need it. You're desperate for it. And I believe that God is trying so desperately to speak to you like a shepherd would. He's been calling your name. And so of other things. And instead of responding to his voice, you've been responding to other voices. And you find yourself not training to be able to hear God's voice. Instead, you keep getting in bad habits and bad rhythms and bad habitual uh, sins and, and disturbances and frustrations. And, um, and I'm, I'm probably gonna preach on this one day, but remember Elijah, he, he hears God in a whisper, not an earthquake. God wants to speak to you, but it's probably not gonna be the way that you think it's gonna be. Rarely is it. But you gotta train your ears to hear his voice. You desperately need to train your ears to hear his voice. It is important that you know the shepherd's voice and that it is the only voice that matters. It's the only voice that matters. Your voice does not matter when it comes to making and determining plans for your life because you will mess it up every single time. Every single time you'll mess it up. The devil's voice Ooh, it's loud, it's noisy, it's convincing. It's very convincing. And yet that voice is not the voice that matters. God's voice 
is ultimately the voice that matters. I'm gonna give you seven practical ways to hear God's voice in our, in our concluding time. And then I'm gonna pray for some of you tonight. Seven practical ways. Number one, and I'm, I'm gonna try to like flesh out a few of these. I don't know if I have enough time to like really, maybe we'll do more as we, as we progress in this series. But God speaks, God's gonna speak to you in seven. I'm not gonna say it's only these seven ways, okay? So, so it's like, if God speaks to you another way, sorry, it wasn't on my list. <laughs> only these seven, and it could only be. But, but this is how I've learned to hear God's voice. Number one, God speaks through scripture. Number one, without a shadow of a doubt, God speaks through scripture. 2 Timothy 3 tells us that all scripture is breathed by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, and correction. See, God wants to speak to you through his word, and he does, but you have to read it. <laughs> you have to read it. You have to want to be in God's word. Deuteronomy says this, man doesn't live by what? Bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So you need and you should desire God's word because it is number one, the way that I believe God speaks. I think it's the number one reason God speaks. I mean, I will be spending time just reading something random. Like I was reading, studying for this message and I didn't even use the scriptures that God, some of them that God illuminated to me because God was speaking to me through them. And I was like, oh my gosh, well, that is, thank you, Jesus, for that. But that, that was for me. I didn't even put it in my notes. I'm not sharing it with you. Why? Because I was reading and studying God's word and out of it came like a nugget of truth and life to me. And God was saying, hey, this is what I speak to you. I wouldn't have experienced that if I hadn't read the word. Right? right. right? I wouldn't have had that moment with Jesus where he's speaking to me, reminding me of things that God says about me and for me. So number one, he's gonna speak through his word. He wants to talk to you. When you open the Bible, you are literally opening the words of God. You really are. When you open it up, you're like, oh, Logos, God's word. You're speaking. It's who you are. It's God breathed. It's, it's him in flesh. This is, this is, you open the Bible and you're getting God's words. See, scripture is God's voice available to you in every single situation of your life. It is the answer. It is the promise. It is, it's God's purpose for your life. God bless you, young men. God bless you. Hey, could I pray for you really quick before you leave in the blue shirt? Do we, does anyone know their names? What were their names? I was gonna pray for them. I had a word for you, but I'll pray for you next time, okay, young man? In fact, I'm gonna pray for him right now. Lord, you know, you know both of them. You know the needs of their heart. And I pray, Holy Spirit, you would go after them. God, I, I know that you have a word for them. You have a plan and a purpose for their life. And I pray right now, well, my mama always prayed over me, they'd be bound to the perfect will of God. Nothing could keep them from the plans and the purposes of God in Jesus' name. God speaks through his word. The second thing is God speaks through the promptings of the Holy Spirit. Sometimes I call it the nudges of the Holy Spirit. I don't even know how, it, how else to describe it, but promptings or the leadings or the directings of the Holy Spirit. Okay, this is an example of this. So like, I'll be like, like right there, I had a prompting. I had a prompting in the beginning of the service to pray for them. Um, that was the Holy Spirit. I, I feel sometimes I'll be like uh, getting ready to go in my car and all of a sudden I'll feel like the Holy Spirit's like, hey, stop at this place. I'll stop in there and all of a sudden I'll see someone. I'll be like, oh my gosh, so good to see you. Like it's been forever. I know that that wasn't me thinking of that. I know it was the prompting and leading of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit wants to speak to you through his spirit. John's gospel says that it's important. Remember, he says this as Jesus is leaving. He goes, hey, it's important that I leave so that you will have the helper, the Holy Spirit. See, the helper or the Holy Spirit is the one, he's our paraclete. He's the one who teaches and guides us and leads us. The Holy Spirit is crucial in us being able to hear his voice. He will lead you. He will prompt you. He will nudge you. He will say, hey, come on, do this. Hey, come on. No, 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 don't go there. Hey, don't go out to that thing tonight. Have you ever had that where the Holy Spirit's like, hey, just stay home and you didn't and then you did something stupid or you're like, man, I wish I would have stayed home 
The Holy Spirit was like, yeah, I was trying to tell you. There's, there's promptings of the Holy Spirit. Three, he speaks through a prophetic word or word of knowledge. First Thessalonians says, do not quench the spirit, do not despise prophetic utterances, but examine everything carefully. I believe that God does speak and uses all the gifts of the spirit. And one of them is a prophetic word of knowledge. I gave some of them last Sunday night. Um, we experience them in our corporate services many times. Many of you have received a prophetic word. Now prophetic words are always to be judged. And I believe they only see in part. So it's not like a perfect full puzzle of your life, but it's a picture, it's, a, it's maybe a puzzle piece, and God will speak to you. Almost always though, it's to confirm something that God is saying or has said or is, is doing in and through your life, which leads me to the next one is confirmation. God will speak to you, number four, through confirmation. Uh, Proverbs 11 says, uh, or sorry, uh, Matthew 18 says, by the mouth of two or three witnesses, everything will be established. So he will speak to you through confirmation. So you'll, you'll hear God's voice. Let's say you open scripture and God illuminated the scripture to you and you're like, wow, that's powerful. Then step two is all of a sudden, maybe you came to a service and someone prophetically said something or, or, or pro prophesied something over you. You're like, that is crazy because that's the scripture I just read. And the Holy Spirit had literally just prompted me to write something down in a journal. Anyone, get, come on, where are my witnesses in the house? That's confirmation. The next thing is anytime I'm needing to hear God's voice, this is crucial, is number five, godly counsel. I always seek godly counsel. Proverbs 11 says, where no counsel is, the people fall, but in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. Anytime in my life where I've been needing to hear God's voice, make a decision, um, uh, figure out like a major move in my life or even in, when it came to a relationship with Garrison, I didn't do anything without godly counsel. And can, every time I think God speaks to me, I present it to godly counsel. I go, hey, what do you think about this? Because it is true, Paul says we only see in part. So I might get a part, but guess what? My pastors might get another part. And those that have been uh, entrusted to lead me, they might get another part. And together we see a big picture of what God's trying to say and do. And there is safety with godly counsel. I can't tell you how many young people make decisions today without godly counsel, and it terrifies me. It absolutely terrifies me. And the reason is, is because I believe with all my heart that this is how God works. God works by community and together. He works and gives his word, not just to one of us, but he gives it to a, a, a people and a body so that together we can accomplish his accomplish the purposes of God. And this is what I've realized. When people don't see godly counsel, often it's because their vision and their dream is about them. And it's not about the big picture, about the kingdom of God and what God has for, for not just them. Because you know what'll happen is when you present your dream and your vision to God, it should be kingdom-minded. If it's just about you, first of all, it's not a big enough dream. It's just not. It's not a big enough dream. If your dreams are only about what you want and what you believe for and what you think is good, it's not big enough. You need to get bigger dreams because God dreams are kingdom dreams and it will require godly counsel and it will require people to come alongside of you and accountability and go, hey, man, I don't think that's what God has for you. I think God has this for you. And so you need godly counsel and wisdom. The next thing is, and this is big for me, and, I, and this is, I always tell people, the peace of God. The peace of God. Number six, the peace of God. Colossians 3.15 says, let the peace of, of, of Jesus or Christ rule in your hearts. Let it rule. I can't tell you how many times in my life, I really can't, it's, it's, I've, I feel like I've lived my life by this, is to be led by peace. Led by peace. I don't make decisions without peace. I just don't. Like people will go, well, you're, you're taking a lot of time, a long time like figuring this out. I'm like, well, I don't, I don't have peace yet. So I'm gonna stay right here until God gives me peace. And then I'm gonna move into that. Like, well, that seems like, wow, that's exhausting. <laughs> so would messing up and trying to get back to where I am. That sounds more exhausting but I believe in the peace of God. I believe it rules and I believe it directs me. If you, I mean, come on. And here's, here's when you know you don't have peace. When you just feel this like, 
this red flag or this, just this, uh, this like, ah. And it's not uncomfortable because peace is not always comfortable. <laughs> this is where I think people get the tension. They get very confused. We're like, they quit things because things get hard. No, I don't think that that's God. I think what's difficult for you in understanding the difference between peace and then comfortability is that peace of God, I still might feel uncomfortable because I need God and you should, but I know that God is in it and he's with me. Lack of peace feels like you don't have grace. It feels like you are like, like last week I talked, I talked about it. It's like, it feels like you feel like you're running against the wind instead of the wind at your back. And it still could be hard. I mean, the wind at your back could make you like, feel like you're pulling a muscle because you're having to run and, and it's scary, but you still have peace. See, you need to have peace. Please do not make decisions without peace. Please, please, please. If you don't hear anything else that I'm saying tonight, please don't make decisions without peace. Get the peace of God. Know the peace of God. Don't quit something because it's hard. Don't give up something because it, ah, it doesn't really fit now. No, no, no. You don't make decisions in or out of the will of God without peace. The peace will guide you. It'll direct you. And number seven, circumstances and timing. God will speak through circumstances and timing. Now I'm gonna say something interesting about this. A Acts chapter 18, um, Paul and Aquila and Priscilla all of a sudden connect and they go on mission together. You know what was interesting is it was a timing thing and a circumstantial thing. The timing was Priscilla and Aquila for, a circum for, for circumstances that were out of their control were led into a position where they were in the same place as Paul. And they connected with Paul, why? Because they came from the same um, trade, which was tent making. So all of a sudden, this, this, this great friendship was established in Acts chapter 18 between Paul, Priscilla, and Aquila, who end up being some of the greatest people in the New Testament church. Um, and it was based on circumstances and timing. Now I'm gonna say something about this one. Number seven, circumstances and timing is the last thing that we look at, not the first. Now, if I was gonna be really honest, as a pastor, when I'm meeting with people, do you know what they come to me and they're telling me that they heard God? It's always a number seven. Well, guess what? This opportunity just happened. I mean, I didn't even try, Pastor Tracy. It just fell in my lap. I just happened to be sitting in this coffee shop and this person just walked up to me and they said, I have a job for you and it is in South Africa. And you have to leave tomorrow. And then this young person will come to me and be like, I mean, I didn't even try. I'm like, I didn't try to get credit cards at 18 either, but they just kept sending those things in the mail. <sighs> but that wasn't the word. That is a lesson. Not all opportunities are God opportunities. The circumstances and timing for hearing the voice of God should follow the first six that I said. Go through the first six. And if those all fit in and then number seven is there, then I would say, man, I think God is speaking. But I never go with circumstances and timing and opportunity first, ever. I go, okay, let me go, let me go get some godly wisdom. Let me go get some counsel. Um, okay, let me go to the word and see what the word says about this. And then, um, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna definitely uh, wait in here and get some peace and know that there's peace around this before I, I run into this. And I'm gonna see if God just prophetically speaks. I'm gonna listen to the Holy Spirit if he nudges and prompts me. And they say, come on, you wanna hear God's voice? You want the shepherd to lead you? then we have to learn how God speaks. And God speaks differently than you hear. And he certainly speaks different than you want him to. But I know that I know that I know that the shepherd knows your voice and knows you and wants you to know his voice. He knows you and he desires to speak to you. See, the shepherd will lay down his life and he will lay down in front of a gate to make sure no harm comes to you. You know that? Do you know that Jesus laid down his life for you so no harm would come to you? Jesus himself laid down his life as the good shepherd so that no wolf could come after you and that you would be able to go in the direction that God had for you, that he could give you life and he could give you abundant life and he could give you more than you could ever imagine or hope for or believe for or even Oh, fathom in that beautiful brain of yours. God himself desires good things for you.
listen to me, listen to me, listen to me. God Himself who made you and created you has good plans for you. But you have to listen to Him. I don't think you're listening to me. This is a tough crowd, I'm gonna be honest. You are a tough crowd tonight because some of you think you already know and you don't know. You don't know. How do I know that? Because I know the decisions you've been making. (laughs) And some of you are so, so, you know too many other voices and you don't know the shepherd's good enough. And the shepherd so desperately wants to speak to you. And he so desperately wants to tell you where to go and how to make decisions. Psalm 121 says, that the Lord will keep you from your going and you're going out and you're coming in. He wants to direct you and guide you everywhere in every direction and every step of your life. Isaiah 30 says, this is the way, walk in it. This is the way, walk in it. How would you like that? Who wants to wake up and the Holy Spirit goes, this is the way, walk in it. That's what God wants to do for you. That, that's, not, that's not too far out there, you guys. That's not too extreme. God wants you to wake up every morning and you go, hey God, okay, here I am, Holy Spirit. I, I want your perfect will today. I wanna go in the direction you have. Uh, I'm just gonna lean on you and wait for you to speak to me. And I, I promise you, the Holy Spirit wants to go, hey, this is the way, go in it. Awesome, okay, I'm going. You know how much heartache we could eliminate from this world simply by listening to the voice of God? Do you know how much time we'd stop wasting if we would listen to the voice of God? Do you know how many people would meet Jesus? You know how many bodies would be healed? Do you know how nations would come and fall down at the feet of Jesus if simply we learned truly to hear his voice? Oh, that seems extreme, Pastor Tracy. Is it? Or would the world change? Would the whole world change if we knew his voice? The shepherd doesn't want, the shepherd doesn't want pain in your life. He doesn't want a wolf and a thief and a robber. Some of you are like, man, I've been experiencing that. I know because you haven't heard his voice and he wants to speak and he wants to lead and he wants to guide. He is the good shepherd. And the good shepherd knows you, but do you know his voice? Do you know it? Or is your voice or the devil's voice been louder? And maybe maybe you'd say, I don't think I hear any voice. (laughs) Well, the shepherd wants to have a voice that you hear every single day. Would you stand with me tonight? (laughs) Thank you, son. wants to speak to you. But do you want to listen? Do you? This is is rhetorical, but it's it's real. Do you want to listen to God? Can can I just be really open and, and honest? Sometimes I wonder if we really want to hear God's voice because if we heard God's voice, I think many of you know it might be something you don't want to hear. Have you ever had that thought? Have you ever had that thought? Like, God, if you really did speak to me, would I want to, would I choose it? Have you ever had that thought? No, you're all just like, I remember having that thought a lot. Before I got married, I remember, I remember thinking, okay, God, I really do trust you with my whole heart and my whole life and my whole future. I love you. I'll, I'll do anything. I'll serve you all the days of my life. And if that meant, and I remember having this conversation with God, like, and if that means, God, I'm never gonna get married and I'm never gonna have kids and I'm never gonna have that, even though that's a desire in my heart, I remember going, okay. <laughs> but meaning it, I really did. I was like, okay, God, I'll serve you all the days of my life because you are the one that I long for. You're the one who, who's laid down your life for me. I, I would do anything. So God, I'm willing to listen. I'm willing, I'm willing to hear you. I want to hear your voice. I want to know what you have for me. You know what was crazy? Is from that point on, I had such peace about whatever happened with my life. I was not concerned about this or that. I was like, God, I'll love you and serve you for the rest of the I know you're so good that you'll make good things happen. I'm just going to live satisfied. I'm going to live content. 
But you know what? It took me a journey to get to that point where I could literally say, God, whatever you tell me, I'm gonna be okay with. I feel like there's a lot of people, a lot of people in the room who can't say that. That's why I feel the Spirit. I feel like there's such a, oh, tonight. And I take authority over it in the name of Jesus. But there is, there's such a resistance tonight because I think if this unleashes, can I be honest? If this unleashes in a generation, the world changes and the devil knows it. And tonight, the very thing I've been preaching on, the voices, many of you have been hearing another voice. As I've been preaching, you're like, I don't know about that because what about this, this, and this? That's not the voice of a shepherd. And many of you have been feeling it the whole night and the enemy is just trying to keep you off track. That is, if that's all he can do, do you know that? All he can do is to get your eyes off of Jesus. If he can get your eyes off Jesus, he's good. So what does he do? He just constantly starts, he's the thief and the robber. What does John tell us? He, all he can do, he's the father of lives. He comes to kill, still, and destroy. He's not giving you life. He's not telling you future. He's not giving you hope. He's not gonna, he's not gonna give you fulfillment, joy. He's not gonna give you peace, none of that. He can't, but God comes to bring you life and life more abundantly. So right now, I want you to bow your heads. I want you to close your eyes. I just want you to have a moment with Jesus. I think many of you have struggled to hear God's voice. And I know, I know it. I know it's not because he doesn't speak. I think it's because you have had a hard time accepting his voice. You can hear it. I know, I know, because I know my God and I know he loves to speak to you. And I know he's rescued you and redeemed you from the pit of hell. And he has great plans and purposes for you. Jeremiah 29, 11 tells us, he has a great plan for your life. But there's been something or some things that have tried so hard, voices so loud, louder than anything else that have tried to distract you from the shepherd's voice. And even tonight, you have felt, oh, like just such a resistance to receive and listen to his voice. Maybe it's because you're afraid of what it'll say. Maybe you're afraid of letting go of control. I do feel like there's a spirit of control in this, in this room tonight that you have, have, maybe there's been things in your life that were out of your control. And so you've spent so much of your life not even realizing, but you just try to control everything. And tonight your savior, sweet Jesus says, come on, let it go. I will take care of you. I will carry you. I will be the one who leads and guides you. I am your good shepherd. If that's you and you'd say, man, I have struggled to hear the shepherd's voice and I know it. I've been listening to others. I've been choosing to listen to other voices. Uh, and tonight I wanna hear the voice of my shepherd louder than any voice. I just want you to lift your hand wherever you're at. You wanna hear his voice. You know you have not been listening or you, you know his voice, but you've been refusing to listen. And tonight, the Holy Spirit just wants to remind you of His voice. Thank you for joining us today. To stay connected with our community, you can follow us at Capital Young Adults.